Cinco, I cinco, cinco. Ah, no. It's a worldwide. Yes. I find him sexy, but my friends always judge me. They always judge wow. me. Wow. That I, don't, I saw him this summer. I mean, his, his, mm-hmm. his lonely soul patch. Like the only <laughs> hair on his body. It's so iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. He's freaking Who else pulls off white pants like that? Like what man do you know wears white pants oh and God. pulls it off? Like, outside, like of of, outside of Miami. Outside of Miami. A lot of like Broadway stars, okay. I feel like. like Elvis Presley. He did that. <laughs> you know, he died on the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Course. Constipation, man. It's, it's where I plan to go. <laughs> thought it was drugs. Uh, it was right, constipation it was. caused by drugs. No, 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 no. He didn't die from constipation. I thought he did. Hey. Yeah. All right. So welcome to this episode of The Trillist. Today we have Arabang. Hi. Avery. Hello. And Dylan. Hello. Yes. And all these wonderful people are leaders in their respective communities. Can you tell me a little bit about yourselves? Well, the audience kind of knows Arabang, but just like reintroduce who you are. Uh, sure. I'm Arabang. I'm from Botswana. And I went to Israel this past summer on the fellowship. Wait, what? Okay, on we'll the get into the <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, I'm far less interesting than Arabang, but <laughs> I'm Avery. Um, Sia, Arabang, and I were all fellows in... Um, Israel Learning Lab, and I inherited uh, the fellowship, actually, so I'm now running it this year. He is. Big man on campus. <laughs> cool. Uh, my name is Dylan. I'm a junior. Um, I was at the same trip to Israel, the Encompass Fellowship, with Sia uh, and Arabang. Uh, and outside of that, on campus, I'm involved in Dems. I lead that club, uh, Penn Dems. He's the uh, president, so shout out to Penn Dems, all you lovely folk. All right, so can you guys briefly, like, I'm going to give um, Avery this question, but can you explain ILL in, like, a sentence? In a sentence? Or maybe oh, two. Okay, yeah. So ILL stands for Israel Learning Lab, and the idea behind it is it's a fellowship where unlikely people can come together and have a meaningful and challenging discussion about the current conflict in the Middle East between Israel and Palestine. Um, and Israeli culture as a whole. Awesome. And Arvang and Dylan, can you guys explain what Encompass was? Uh, sure. First, um, I, as Avery said, I really second that. It's a great opportunity. ILL. Yeah, ILL. Yeah. And Encompass was basically where a group of people, as he said, unlikely, very diverse in their own uh, race, uh, ethnicity, religion, religion, everything. Uh, mm-hmm. who Sexuality. Exactly. Who all went to Israel for a week mm-hmm. over the summer to kind of delve deeper into the conflict and kind of see how Israeli culture is compared to like, Palestinian culture and just different aspects. Mm-hmm. And where did we travel, Dylan? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the most compelling things about the fellowship is that um, we witnessed a lot of diverse experiences that people were having in Israel. So we spent several days in Jerusalem um, because that's obviously the religious epicenter of the country. Um, But then we went and spent some time in the West Bank, um, some Palestinian area A's. We went to Bethlehem, um, went to some Jewish sites, uh, Sea of Galilee and uh, Masada. Yeah. Um, 
and then we went up to uh, no, then we went up to Galilee and, and visited some Christian sites there, um, and then went all the way up to the border with Syria, mm-hmm. Golan uh, Heights, the Golan mm-hmm. Heights, and we're right right there um, by the border, and we could mm-hmm. see like a couple towns that were active war zones just mm-hmm. within earshot and eyeshot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could see, you could hear the yeah the yeah. cannons. It was crazy. Right. Did you guys experience any like bomb shelter? runs no but i remember when you talked about it can you like i don't know (coughs) (laughs) well i i was there in the summer of 2014 which was one of the more contentious times uh within the you know past decade as far as the conflict goes and uh there were dozens of rockets being fired into israel um onto citizens each day and uh i was there for about six weeks and on various occasions, there would be a rocket within our vicinity. Uh, and, you know, it, they defend very well, you know, using the um, Iron Dome technology. And, uh, you know, thank God nothing happened. But it's a very surreal experience, you know, running to a bomb shelter. Yeah. And that's powerful. And I remember before I went, I was like, what's going to happen? But um, as soon as we got there, I just felt peace, like, Throughout the whole trip, I felt super safe. Sure, we had a security guard with us, Daron. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but we were actually there when the embassy, the American embassy, opened in Jerusalem. Right. And we left for the day and went to the Dead Sea. Right. But being there at that time and um, hearing what happened, like right. when we were living it, there we didn't. There was no danger in our area, in our vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was uh, interesting to see like the difference in the... And how it was being received? Because in Israel, there was like celebrations, there were fireworks, you know, there were thank you, President Trump. And then we went to Bethlehem mm. the next day. And I mean, it was Sunday, so it was going to be quiet, but it was completely shut down. You know, there was nothing going on. We spoke to one of the guys, Noor. Yes, who, who's yeah. Palestinian, and he's working. Um, with Israelis and bettering the Palestinian Israeli Arab Muslim Jewish Israeli like relationship mm-hmm. and it was I liked um when he spoke to us cuz it really that was a great perspective so like I want to highlight that during this trip we encountered several people of like different backgrounds and got to learn about the conflict from different people so we spoke to Druze Mm-hmm. people who are like another religious and ethnic group in Israel mm-hmm. and heard from them um this woman who's muslim arab israeli mm-hmm. and she's working on strengthening relationships mm-hmm. um on both ends and showing that both people are like super loving you know and it's important that we hear these things cuz on the news I'm taking I'm a comm major mm-hmm. if you guys didn't know but now you know and we're t- kind of talking how the news is like there to make money in a lot of ways. So they just want to show you like the really crazy things that's happening. They won't show you of like the Palestinian boy who was in risk of dying. They brought him to an Israeli hospital. And now he's alive. I saw like a YouTube clip on that the other day. And, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of what um, what she did. Um, God, what did you want to? Oh. I'm totally <laughs> blanking. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, she did a lot of stuff with yeah. um, Arab-Israeli women, mm-hmm. and I think uh, a lot of her Cooking. narrative she was... She had a school. Yeah, a lot of her narrative was about empowering uh, women in the country, uh, especially, you know, given that the Arab-Israeli community is generally 
less well-off socioeconomically. Uh, there's a lot of poverty amongst the community. I think a lot of what she did was trying to like help women provide for themselves, their kids, um, give themselves more independence when it's uh, seriously, like it's not, it's not great, the, the quality of life for a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And teach them skills to get mm -hmm. jobs and so on. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to switch topics. How did each of you guys become involved with um, Hillel in general and like ILL and Compass? How did you learn about it? Well, I was I was going to get lunch uh, at Hillel one day, which I don't normally do because it seems so like you don't you don't know if you'll be welcome in in places that you're not that you don't identify as. So I was just going to get lunch. I was like, I'll try it. And I ran into like really nice girl called Imbal and she's like we love her she's a she yeah she yeah. worked um at Hillel she's and an Israeli fellow yeah and so she was just like oh there's this program happening I don't know if you'd be interested I knew nothing about the conflict at all so I was like sure why not and that's how it happened so for me um I my connection with Hillel uh just like my connection with Judaism had a lot to do with food and um, I would go in and, you know, sort of like Arabang, uh, Inbal and I began to speak. And she told me about this club. And I had been kind of jaded about Jewish life on campus just because of how prominent it is. And um, what I really loved about her pitch was that this isn't necessarily about, you know, having an isolated conversation within Jewish life. Mm -hmm. But it, it is about expanding that conversation and um, relating to other people. And so I was sold and uh, joined the fellowship next semester. I think I worked with Josh at some point uh, last year. Can you year. explain who? Uh, Rabbi Josh is, uh, he's one of the, well, he is the director of the Jewish Renaissance Project, and he's also you know, works for Penn Hillel. Um, he's amazing. He's amazing. Known as a hipster rabbi. <laughs> he, Shout yeah. out to <laughs> Rabbi Josh. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, he was one of the organizers for the Encompass uh, trip. It was him and associate chaplain Steve Kosher. Mm -hmm. um, also amazing. Also also super amazing. Shout out, shout out to Steve. Shout out to Steve. <laughs> God, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, but yeah, no, I was plugged in with uh, Josh from some Dem stuff at some point. I honestly don't even know how, mm -hmm. but uh, we, we knew each other and he reached out. Awesome, awesome. And I got involved because I'm from Massachusetts and one of my friends that I met over the summer before coming to Penn is Jewish and he's actually Orthodox. So we would um, have like lunch or dinner to catch up at Halal and through him I met Imbal who actually invited me to like her 24th birthday party. She's like, we'll have like Israeli beer, like it's awesome. And she was just super dope and then she told me about ILL and I was like, why not? Because the town right next to mine is very like predominantly Jewish it holds the JCC of like not just our county but like our north shore so um I've always been around it and my church um being an evangelical Christian like supports Israel for reasons we might not get through but maybe like on another podcast we'll talk about that later but yeah um so what is one like critical piece of information or experience that you gain from participating in these fellowships do, you, do I have to start this time? All right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think, like, being in Israel is, I mean, there's a reason why people are, and organizations are willing to put a lot of resources into having, you know, young leaders such as ourselves go. Because there's, there's a lot of merit into to seeing what life is like there. And I think 
I mean, there's a, obviously I, I had studied and learned about the conflict in the past, but I think really seeing it from both perspectives of you know, Israelis, regular mainstream Israelis, settlers, as well as uh, Arab Israelis and Palestinians. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, you, you just learn a lot about what, how people are thinking about the conflict on a personal level. I think one, if you're asking for one thing that I took away, is that, I mean, we, I, we didn't go to Gaza, so that's probably an entirely different can of worms, but when we were, when we were in Bethlehem and um, in uh, East uh, Jerusalem, I, I, I think there is an issue of, like, I think, like, the economic disparity between uh, pe- people who are Jewish in Israel and, like, people who are Arab Israelis, that's, it's more poignant than I expected. Um, and I think, like, I think we as a country can devote effort, put pressure, um, devote our own resources in, in, in the form of aid to, to, to folks who need it in the country. I'm not saying just Palestinians. I'm sure, like, there are people who are impoverished across the country from all different religious backgrounds. But I do think that, like, trying to bridge the economic gap is, is going to be really positive. And that's something that I came away from the trip thinking about a lot about. And I'm sure it would be even more poignant in Gaza where people are people are starving and that you know they are turning to Hamas for 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 food and for medical care and shelter and I think that's where a lot of their power comes from and so I mean this is I'm going a bit a bit uh, on a diatribe here but I yeah, I do think that that was a huge thing I came away with is like there are a lot of um, a lot of economic things that could sh- that should be redressed and thought about in this conflict it's not all just political and religious mm. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, what I came away with is that um, it, it's it's sort of what you guys have, and it's it's you guys all now have this experience, and you know I can come into it thinking that you know I know so much about Israel, and there's not much else to learn, but I can be challenged at every moment, and when you are trying to be honest and speaking about it to people that don't necessarily you know, have informed or uh, concrete opinions, beliefs, um, that can really change and challenge your views and it can strengthen them. It can, it can, um, you know, it, it can change them overall. And I think that I really, that I came away with that, that um, being challenged in that way uh, is just so important. Um, to go off of that, just like the power of dual narratives and how w- when one person says something and the other person says something completely different, it's so hard to find a balance. Even in like in our everyday lives, there are always like times where one person will say one thing and you don't know who to believe or who to... So just like the power of knowing both sides and although there's nothing we can do now, or uh, just... Yeah, just like knowing it, at least. I walked away from this experience um, wanting to, or knowing that even if I don't necessarily pertain to a group, I can still be welcomed, and we're all like sisters and brothers in one way, shape, form, or another. Mm -hmm. Um, I also came back with not being afraid to do things. Because if you, like, when I told my grandma, like, going to Israel, she's like, what are you doing going to, like, a war zone? But it's not, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, before you go, I want to ask each of you if you plan to, like, stay involved with, like, the fellowships or Halal in general and, like, what aspect briefly. And one piece of advice you have for the audience, the listeners. 
well, one piece of advice I'd start with is, I mean, we all saw about like the Pittsburgh shooting and how there's so much division in the world now, and there are people who are on extreme ends. So I think just like making sure that you are on the extreme like good side, just to like kind of counter and like. Mm. You know, cut that out. So don't be neutral. You know, there's no time for, no space for neutrality right now. Mm-hmm. Take the good side. That's mm. the advice I have. So I'd say the advice I have, um, you know, not to sound trite, but it's to challenge yourself and to challenge your views. And even if you're so staunch, you know, about being, you know, a pen, pen-dem president, <laughs> it's it's to, to still have those conversations with the other side, to still... Um, try and understand their perspective because, you know, in this world, perspective is reality and each individual person, each player in any conflict um, has a different reality. And, you know, the only way that you can quell a conflict or, you know, at least have uh, peace and understanding is to understand what that reality is and then um, how they are dealing with it and how you can help. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally ag- agree on what both of you guys said. Um, also, I don't think any of us answered your question right. about staying involved uh, in <laughs> fellowships. No, but, okay, just um, do this. Instead, I'm going to change that question after uh, you're finished with okay. what you're going to say. My advice. Yeah. Man, I I mean, it's hard. You guys you guys took the really good ones. I think it's important <laughs> to engage. And, like, that's, that's that was a I huge started. takeaway of, uh, of Encompass was, was uh, hearing from multiple perspectives and trying to synthesize them. And there's a lot to be gained out of that. I guess if I have any advice, um, it's um, – I mean, we've been – we've – the news cycle has been really rough last couple weeks, um, especially for – last couple months, especially for someone such as myself. Um, I mean, I'm a liberal. Like, the whole Kavanaugh thing was rough. Obviously, the Pittsburgh shooting was really rough. Um, and people are like, oh, just go vote. And I, I'm, hell yeah, you got to go vote, right? But I think November one, 7th. November 6th. 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 See ya. It's good this is airing after. Right, yeah. <laughs> we can cut, cut it that. out, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot you can do on top of that. I think discussion is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, people here and people listening probably have the ability to talk to their friends. And that's like a, I mean, getting them to vote, getting them to think about the issues, that's 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 more than just one vote, right? And it's more than just one vote to make calls or knock doors or and talk to your local politicians, right? And so there's a lot more than we can do than just vote. And I think it's important that we make that as part of our narrative when we're coming off of all of the shit that we're seeing um, in the media and everything. Awesome. So my last question is, why do you encourage others to do the fellowships or fellowship that you did? Well... As far as ILL, um, it's, you know, now now that I am recruiting people and actively trying to encourage people, um, it really just depends on the person. You know, if, if it's somebody that comes from uh, a background that's just totally, you know, unengaged with what this conflict is, you know, you can pose it as, you know, an educational opportunity, it's an opportunity to become more informed opportunity to like have a, a new um a new perspective uh, yeah well not not even perspective but a new topic insight. a new new insight like that you that you care about um but for somebody like me um and I I, I think back to um you know what what occurred this weekend uh, the Pittsburgh shooting at, at a synagogue and as a Jew and you know as somebody that has family in Israel I I need to realize that 
you know, my story is very much mine, but other people can relate and add to it and add their own selves to that. And Sia was at the vigil for for right. the Pittsburgh um, massacre. And I mean, you have no idea how impactful that is to mm-hmm. me. Um, Arabang also. Yeah. Arabang oh, and another Arabang. friend. Yeah, we went to the Rittenhouse for, and yeah. Dylan. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I can't even put into words what that means. And, and you know, I'm not sure if, if you guys would have cared as much had you not done this fellowship. I'm sure you, you would because you're good people. But um, just you guys now understand what your connection is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, be it any part of your identity. There There is something there. Right. And um, so I'd encourage somebody that, you know, is connected or isn't to go and try and um, challenge that or just move mm-hmm. forward with that. Yeah, it's important to stand for all humanity. Like, mm-hmm. I can't say because I'm a black woman and I have my issues, I'm going to stick with my issues. As humanity, like, we have to stand for trans issues. Sure. We have to stand for all... Feminist th- Right, feminist. All things that are happening right now yeah. that people are going through, like, stand together. Because when they come for one of us, I don't know if you guys know the... Oh, yeah. The fam- mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they came the for this. F- first, first they came for the communists. Yes. And then they came for um, the Jews. And then when they finally came for me, there's no one left to speak up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and I... Uh, what was it? I definitely echo again what you guys said... Um, but I mean, obviously, the fellowship was incredible. Like, if anyone wants mm-hmm, to do ILL, mm-hmm. uh, encompass all this stuff, like, it's totally worth it. it you're not going to get this opportunity again. Like, right, yeah. this is something that you only get from being at Penn. Mm-hmm. Um, being the the nine days we spent in Israel, probably the coolest nine se- no, sequence really, of nine days that yeah. I had. Yeah. An amazing at Penn. We all grew yeah. like super close. Right. There were yeah. sixteen of us for this year. There's going to be twenty five people right. next year. Yeah. ILL next year. Sorry, yeah. May. Um, ILL is typically R- roughly 12? 15, 15 per oh, semester. Okay. Right. Um, you know, free dinner Monday nights. Oh. Yeah. Uh, stipend. Yes. Hey. Exactly. You, you're not going to lose. Yeah. So and I mean, yeah. and s- like Steve and all the other people that right. I met, Josh, yeah. I mean, we're, it's, it's a really good group that you get to become friends with through these fellowships. So that's huge. And it's, it continues. It doesn't stop when the fellowship's mm-hmm. over. Um, doesn't. We, whatsoever. I worked with some other folks, um, uh, in 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 the Christian community um, and uh, and Petey Green, um, so so other people for in criminal justice reform issues and in mm-hmm. the Christian community on campus to do this interfaith event on spirituality uh, and uh, and activism with the district attorney of of uh, Philadelphia, Larry Krasner, a really cool guy. And so we came in, we did this panel, and it's like this never would have happened without the fellowship. And mm-hmm. I think that it was like we had like a hundred people outside of the fellowship come too from Pendems and from our respective groups. So it's like it's it's a uh, it spreads. It spreads, okay. and it's a it's a really positive thing to participate in. It does, and yeah. even next semester, um, a group of us, like again, interfaith, are coming together to turn this to create this unity dinner. Mm. So that's going to be on a Friday next semester at the beginning, cool. and um, you guys will all hear about that later. The audience that is, mm. but it's just powerful meeting people. I walk into Hillel, the rabbis know me right. and say hello. <laughs> Look at how cool you are. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so it's just like, sorry, that was like weird. But just <laughs> saying like you create connections that you normally would not have. For sure. 100%. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank my lovely, beautiful guests. They have beautiful souls. Um, beautiful and handsome because, you know, um, <laughs> And I'll take beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that.
Thanks and for having us. See ya for sure. Yeah, and I hope you have see a lovely amazing. day. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> All right, bye. Peace and love. Um, and thank the audience for listening. And I would also like to thank Zach Cardner for um, being the sound engineer and engineering this episode. And um, thank the Kelly Writers House Rexer Studio for having us. All right. Peace and love. Yeah.